Hello, welcome to the Tuesday, June 2nd, 2020 edition of the Sands Internet Storm Center's Stormcast. My name is Johannes Ulrich, and today I'm recording from Jacksonville, Florida. It's less than a week ago that Apple did release updates for Mac OS, and about two weeks since we got the last iOS update. Still, Apple today released a security update for all of its operating systems. Now, this update fixes one single vulnerability, CVE 2020-9859. And this is a approach escalation vulnerability that did allow for the recently released uncover or jailbreak exploit. So jailbreaking on iOS devices does require that you as a user are able to execute code with kernel privileges. And that's exactly what is uh, being fixed here. The big impact here, of course, is for iOS and iPadOS, because there you have all these restrictions trying to limit what a user could possibly execute. For macOS, this is still a dangerous privilege escalation flaw that uh, should be addressed. Of course, macOS, uh, at least in its normal configuration, is a little bit uh, more open. Now, of course, once you upgrade to iOS 13.5.1, which is this latest version that was just released today, the uncover uh, jailbreak exploit will no longer work. So you will no longer be able to jailbreak your phone. For most users, jailbreaking tends to be a bad idea uh, because you are essentially disabling a good part of the security infrastructure in iOS. If you are a researcher or such that uh, would like to look at some of the internals of iOS, uh, then of course, uh, jailbreaking may be something that you would like to do to your devices. And in this case, don't upgrade to 13.5.1. And aside from fixing this single vulnerability, Apple apparently didn't make any changes to any of the operating systems. Now, anti-malware sometimes can sort of be this black box and you really don't know why it considers a particular email attachment, for example, as malicious. Well, it's good to see that Microsoft tries to allow you to shed a little bit of light into its process, how it analyzes attachments and why it considers a particular attachment malicious. Saw this via bleeping computer and Microsoft added to its roadmap that for advanced threat protection users in Office 365, it will now reveal more of the details that led to a malicious verdict, as Microsoft says. This affects uh, URLs as well as files that are an analyzed by the Office 365 Advanced Threat Protection System. They call this process a detonation, where they essentially unpack the malware and then run it in a restricted environment to figure out whether or not it does anything that's considered malicious. Of course, in particular, these behavior uh, detection systems can sometimes lead to false positives. So nice to get that added assurance by being able to actually see why Microsoft considered a particular attachment malicious. This will be rolled out this month and in stages. So you may not see it at this point in your particular 
uh, environment, uh, but by July, everybody that uses that's a customer of ATP within Office 365 should have this capability. On Friday, I looked a little bit at how researchers scanning the internet sort of affect our data that we are collecting with our DShield sensors. You may have noticed that sometimes researchers like Shodan and the like are showing up in our top 10 lists. And of course, they are scanning the entire internet and as a result, often end up in multiple of our sensors. So I took a little look at which researchers we actually see and how many reports we do receive that indicate traffic from researchers. Well, uh, first of all, uh, just to define the term researchers here a little bit, uh, these are organizations that typically scan the entire internet or good parts of it for open ports. Uh, sometimes they do collect uh, banners and the like, but uh, they at least claim not to do that for any malicious purposes. In some cases, they share the data for free more or less like Shodan, for example, or within some closed sharing groups. Shadow Server would be a good example here. Now, there are a couple others uh, where it's not really so clear what they are really uh, doing, uh, but uh, so just took a look at uh, how many reports and such uh, we are seeing from these researchers. It is sometimes significant uh, what we see. The largest, as far as the number of reports go, is interestingly a system called Stretchoid. And this is a, one of the ones I would call a little bit more sketchy uh, because not really much known about them. They have a very simple uh, web page where you can opt out of their scans. Shadow Server, of course, up there, uh, they're always big. And actually the second one, Shodan, uh, which is probably the one that's uh, best known. Others uh, that we currently are seeing are Cybercreen and uh, one called Onifi, I think it's uh, pronounced. But um, anyway, I took a quick sort of look. That's uh, the five that really sort of uh, stuck out uh, right now. Now, pretty much none of these researchers actually publishing the IP addresses they're using. So some of this is really based on our data and we may not necessarily be able to identify all of uh, the hosts that are participating in these research scans. So take a look at the post and uh, let me know if uh, you find any errors, any omissions or so in our API here that delivers these IP addresses. That's it for today. Thanks for listening and talk to you again tomorrow. Bye.